the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from the KKHT studios. It's so wonderful to be with you today. It's an honor and a privilege. You know, it's kind of uh, unusual. You're, you might be driving home right now, and we've gone uh, off of daylight savings time, and it's uh, almost dark. That's kind of unusual. Anyway, we're going to be talking today about faith. Um, this is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart because my whole life changed when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and my faith became the most important aspect of my life. You know, there's a cute commercial out there. I think her name is Jennifer Garner. She asks, what do you have in your wallet? Well, I want to ask you today, what do you have in your heart? What do you have in your heart? Because there's nothing more important that you can have than faith. Because if you have faith in God, everything flows from that. Hope flows from that. Peace flows from that. You can't have the peace that surpasses all understanding without faith in God, because that faith allows you to go through anything that you face in this life. Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations in this life, and we need our faith to sustain us. You know, it's our faith in God that gives us love, because, you know, the the Bible tells us that we're to love the, our Lord our God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's not always easy to do, Without in faith, it's impossible. Do you know what else is impossible? We learn in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us in, in that same chapter, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, I'm not one to quibble with the Apostle Paul, but I kind of like his explanation in Romans better, where he talks about the evidence of God is everywhere. You know, I've seen God move mountains in my life, literally move mountains in my life. I've seen God through my ministry work, through our recovery work. Just it, God is still in the miracle business. I have seen wonders and signs and evidence of God. How can you go outside and not look at the beautiful day that we had and, and not see God? I went to Alaska once on a cruise. It was incredibly majestic. How can you look at the stars in the sky or begin to contemplate contemplate the, the vastness that we can't even understand? It's not, not capable. Our human brains are not capable of comprehending the vastness of the universe that God has created billions upon billions of galaxies. Did you know that in your body alone, there are a hundred thousand miles 
of veins and capillaries and arteries, a hundred thousand miles in each and every one of us, enough to circumvent the globe four times. How can you not believe in God? At our Break Every Chain ministry on Friday night, we watched a video. It was, of course, it didn't go for nine months, but it was a it showed the development of a fetus in a woman's womb over nine months. The miracle of life is evidence of God. Evidence of God is everywhere in my life. And so faith is the most important thing that you can have. Did you know that the Bible says in First Peter that faith is more valuable than gold? And it certainly is. You know, we, we, if someone asked you, would you rather have all the gold in Fort Knox, bar upon bar upon bar of gold, or would you have faith? I hope your answer would be faith. This life is but a whisper. It's fleeting, but faith sustains us. You know that we're saved by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, not by anything you do, but as a gift from God. And what a marvelous, wonderful gift. You know that we need, the fa- we need faith to do the work of God. You know, we believe at our church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, we don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And Jesus was asked, the crowd asked him, what will, must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this to believe in the one that he has now sent. So that belief, that faith in Jesus Christ is necessary to do the works of God. You know, the Bible tells us in James chapter 2, verse 26, faith without works is dead. Well, I want to tell you this, faith with works is alive. You know, when you combine faith in God and then begin to help your, your fellow man, I mean, that's when faith really comes alive. And it becomes a wonderful thing. So much greater than all the things I chased for most of my life. Money, prestige, you know, pleasures of the flesh. All these things that I chased for years and years and years. They never filled me up. They never gave me ultimate satisfaction. They never, it was like pouring things into an empty bucket. I could pour more and more into it. And there was a hole in the bottom. The only thing that patched that hole was my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I'm reminded of the story of Christine Kane. She's an evangelist who travels the world, inspiring people to reach their God-given purpose. Did you know that every single one of you, God has assigned you a purpose? Some are, are extraordinary. I mean, let's take Billy Graham or, or our own Joel Osteen here in town or, or whatever, whoever your favorite pastor is, T.D. Jakes, I don't know. Um, some are extraordinary, but some are just to, to minister to one person, to 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 bring that person into the kingdom of God. We all have a purpose. And you begin to, you know, the meaning of life is is to determine what that purpose is, what God has you on this earth for. And the purpose of life is to live that out, to give it away. You all have gifts. Everyone that can hear my voice has a wonderful gift that God has given you and the ability to, to help people. One of the one of the things that's beautiful about the ministry work we do is that what we learn is that we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So sometimes people that have gone through the worst things can have the most impact on people. My friend Boyd Harrell over at Cool Ministries, you know, he went to prison three times. But one, the last time he got down on his knees and he accepted Jesus Christ into his heart. And today he goes into prisons all over the state of Texas. And he ministers to those guys. And he tells them that there's a better way to live. He's got a testimony and he can reach people. And Boyd, he'll tell you this himself, Pastor Boyd, he did some bad things. But God touched his heart 
And he finally realized his purpose and what he was here for. So Christine Kane is an evangelist who travels the world inspiring people to live out their godly purpose. Well, she's also started the A21 campaign, which is which reaches women with uh, that are involved in uh, and been trapped into sex trafficking. And, uh, you know, some of those women, you know, we've had people that we've on our on our Wednesday show, Recovery Radio, like our friend from Megan McCullum from Hilo from Heels to Halos, who does the same thing here locally. There's so many people involved in the kingdom of God doing wonderful work. Well, Christine Kane, she was diagnosed with cancer and she prayed as we all should. She prayed, number one, that she could be healed supernaturally. Do you believe that? (laughs) I've seen miracles. I've seen God touch people's hearts, deliver them out of bondage immediately. God's still in the miracle business. He can heal you. But she prayed, if that's not your will, God, then I pray for wisdom for my doctors, that the skill and the knowledge that you've given them, that that will heal me. And third, she prayed, if that's not your will, I know that you'll heal me eternally in heaven. That's the kind of faith we need. You know, the worst thing that can happen to us, we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day lives and how somebody cut us off in traffic when you're out there right now or, or you know, getting passed over for a promotion or, or difficulties. We have financial difficulties. There's a lot of things that are worrisome in this life. But if we have faith, it's a faith that sustains us. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen to us, for most of us think, is is that we can die. But the Apostle Paul said to die is to gain. And when you look at stories after story after story of people who experienced near-death experiences, that you know, they saw the light, they felt a love beyond anything they'd ever felt on earth, and they didn't want to come back. You know, when we have faith, we have the promise of eternal life, and God's got us in the palm of his hand. You know, there's some comparisons. I talked last night at, at church, and I'm I had a longer runway last night than I do now. I hope I can get through the most important parts of this sermon. But we talked last night about the comparison between now and Jesus's time. And there are a lot of comparisons. The first time he came back. And a lot of people I know and respect believe he's coming back soon. No man knows the time or hour. And I'm not proclaiming that I do. But in Jesus's time, we had leprosy. We had famine. We had plague abounded. Sound familiar? People lived in poverty. There was a day-to-day search for food. That's the scripture about not worrying. They were under Roman occupation. That's terrible. It's hard for us to imagine. It was unfair or arbitrary. They didn't have democracy or fair courts. In fact, they could string you up on a tree and crucify you just as they did Jesus at any time at their own whim. Taxes were high, and they were collected by corrupt officials. There wasn't any safety net. There wasn't a trillion-dollar stimulus about today we've got this coronavirus our whole lives have been turned up and down we've got economic stress out there the supply lines uh, are the systems are all in a mess uh, small businesses are threatened there's a mistrust of government and, and our institutions even our, our medical personnel there's mistrust out there in fact we don't know what to believe anymore I don't care if you're on the right or the left I'm not trying to be political but we don't we don't trust anymore we don't have a reservoir where we can go for the truth and there's so much mistrust out there these are unprecedented times i would say and and it's it's just hard to know what is true and what's not but i tell you one thing that's true and that is that god wants good things for you the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus said i have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly jesus christ wants an intimate relationship with you that is true you can take that to the bank 
You know, Jesus gave the most firm, famous and most wonderful sermon of all. If you're ever confused about how to live or how to treat people or what to do, go back and read Matthew's chapters 5 through 7, the wonderful, beautiful Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty four, he said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. It says the opposite, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, it will be like a foolish man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I ask you today, is your house built on a rock? And that rock needs to be your faith, because it will sustain you from everything. You know, I could do a whole sermon, and I will one of these days, probably soon, on the armor of God, Paul's brilliant analogy in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to focus right now on what he says. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, darts are coming from every direction these days. We were just talking about how you, you know, we've got on Facebook, there are Iranians and Russians and Chinese spreading misinformation. I mean, there are, we're glamorizing all kinds of sin and all kinds of wicked living. The, the, we've got people dying in concerts. And I mean, wicked, the wicked one is, he's, he knows he's out of time and he, the fiery darts are coming everywhere. And Paul's analogy was so brilliant because you've got this shield and the Romans had this shield that went from, you know, the top of their ankles all the way to their head. And it covered them completely so that the spears and the swords couldn't get to them. But not only that, those shields connected to the guy on the right and the guy on the left. And you know what? We need to be a body of Christ. We need to be connected in our faith. That gives us strength. That's why, you know, we have our Break Every Chain ministry on Friday nights, 901 Wilson Road in Humble, Texas, at our parent church, New Covenant Church, because we in recovery, we need that the connectedness. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. Those shields are connected against the fiery darts and, and the temptations of this world. We can't do it on our own. You know, without God, we can't. But God needs us to, to unite and be a united body of Christ. You know, we need the faith to believe. We, you know, because I, I want to ask you this. You believe in Jesus Christ. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. So your salvation is secure. So the enemy, then he goes and he attacks us and he tries to keep us from that purpose that we talked about earlier. He throws these fiery darts and he tries to get you out of your purpose. He goes to plan B. He can't keep you from going to heaven. He can't keep you from your salvation, but he wants to keep you from doing, acting out God's purpose. I want to ask you, do you have enough faith to believe and to eke into heaven or do you have enough faith to walk in victory? to bring people with you. That's what God wants for you, to help people while you're here, to bring people along. All of heaven shouts, we had a guy accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and, as his Lord and Savior and then get baptized recently at our church. And all of heaven rejoiced. And he'd been coming for a while and God had been tugging on his heart. We're a small church. We're a church plant. But we're doing some exciting things. I would love for you to join us on Sunday nights, Sunday nights in the Heights at 240 West 18th Street. Uh, we worship at 6 p.m. Anyway, please join us. You know, God, he He builds and tests our faith. You know, I, I'm trying to exercise these days because I need to lose some weight. And 
I want to be healthy, you know, but you got to go to the gym You without, they say, the saying is no pain, no gain. You've got to, you've got to stress yourself. And, and he builds our tests and tests our faith in different ways. He tests our faith through difficulties. He tests our faith through obedience. He tests our faith through demands. He tests our faith through giving. And he tests our faith very often through delays. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, in First Peter, we talked about this earlier. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God sometimes tests us. He builds us up. He makes us stronger. We need to sometimes look at at, at difficulties and tests as opportunities. You know, it's so easy for us to get down and say, oh, God, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Look, let's, let's look at what James said. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Isaiah forty-eight ten. I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. You know, silversmiths, they refine silver and they polish it and they polish it. And they polish it. It's beautiful. And they want to be able to see their own reflection clearly. Well, listen to this. God wants to refine you. He wants to polish you until he can see his reflection in your visage. He wants to see his reflection. He wants to see the light of Christ through you, the love of Christ. So oftentimes he challenges us. But we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called upon his purpose, according to his purpose. You know, and we got to look at this in the overall context of things. Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, he builds our faith sometimes... You know, I asked last night at, at church, I asked the congregation, has God ever asked you to do something that you were uncomfortable with? And I think if we search our hearts, that's true for all of us. First Samuel tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. And Jesus says in John chapter 14 and 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, that's not always easy. You know, there's some stories in the Bible that God asked people to do some things that were absolutely incredible. Ananias, if you're familiar with the story of the road to Damascus, when Paul was blinded, he was carrying letters to persecute Christians. He was killing them. He was putting them in prison. And and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and and blinded him. And then he was taken to town and, and, and a man named Ananias was asked to go minister to Paul, who was then known as Saul. And Ananias was like, you want me to go talk to that guy? That's like, uh, going and talking to Al Qaeda, ISIS. That you want me to go talk to him? And God said, "Yes, that's who I want you to talk to." Abraham, who or was Abram at the time, was asked to leave his land and go into a new land. Moses, a stutterer, was asked to go confront the Pharaoh of Egypt, the most powerful man in the world. Noah was asked to build an ark when it, you know it looked just crazy. 
God sometimes puts demands on us because God wants to stretch your faith for him. You know, he tests our faith through giving, and I'm not just talking about giving money, but each of you should have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians. But it's not just your money, it's your time. What did we talk about a little earlier? We said faith without works is dead, but faith with works comes alive. You know, when you give your dime into the kingdom of God, when you volunteer in your church to help people, help needy people, when you volunteer at organizations like the Open Door Mission, which, you know, takes in homeless and addicted men and transforms their lives, that's powerful. It really is. Faith with works comes alive. And you know what? You'll get more rewards than what you're giving out. God is so good. You know, faith, he tests our faith sometimes through delay. We want everything. We pray, God, God, please give me this right now. Please, you know, but God's timing is always better than our timing. Sometimes he tests us through delay. You know, you might not get what you realize because God's going to open a better door down the road. You know, sometimes we might get in a little traffic accident, you know, but we don't know if we'd have gone on down the road, maybe we would have gotten ahead on. It would have been much more serious. We have to trust God. We have to put our faith in him. You know, John chapter 11 tells the story of Lazarus. You're probably familiar with it and how Lazarus had died and his, his relatives, his sister sent for Jesus and he delayed. Nobody understood. The apostles didn't understand it. And, and he delayed and he waited four days and Lazarus was in his tomb, could not have smelled good at all at that point, you know, and, but Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus asked, do you believe this? And then a little later in the chapter, he says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want you to believe to the extent that you see the glory of God. I've seen the glory of God in my life. I've seen it in my ministry. It's just majestic. One more quick story. We want a faith that amazes Jesus. I love the story of the centurion. I've got to hurry because I'm out of time. But how the centurion goes and and wants sends word for Jesus. He he wants someone healed and and Jesus is on the way. And the centurion sends word, no, don't come. I, you know, I command hundreds of men, and if I say come, they come, and if I say go, they. I believe you who you are, who you say you are. If you say he's healed, he's healed. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such faith. In the Gospel of Luther, it actually says that Jesus was amazed. I want to have a faith that amazes Jesus. I want to have a faith so strong. That's God's currency. It's his faith. It is impossible to please God without having faith. You know, I I feel for people that don't have faith. They don't have the shield that Paul talked about. Time is short. We need to do everything we can to encourage people to come into the kingdom of God because God wants everyone in. He wants that no man should suffer, but everyone should come to repentance. You know, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 14, Paul wrote, Do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Isaiah fifty four seventeen tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Proverbs 3, that's one of my favorite scriptures, probably many of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. 
Second Corinthians six eighteen, uh, Paul is quoting Second Samuel. God says, "I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters." Says the Lord God Almighty. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're the sons and daughters of God. The Bible calls us Christ's ambassadors on earth, God's co-workers. What an honor! In closing, we will all have difficulties, trials, and tribulations in this life. But use your faith to persevere. Use your faith to strengthen you. Use your faith as you go through these trials to help other people, to have a testimony, to help them walk through whatever you went through. I want to give you a heartfelt pastoral invitation to join us Sunday nights in the Heights. We're a church plant. We chose to meet at 6 p.m. Sunday nights in the Heights because we want to give people an opportunity to worship the Lord on Sunday night. There's something really wonderful about going to church, spending time in the house of the Lord on Sunday night, and getting prepared for the week ahead, all the fiery darts and trials and tribulations that will be headed your way. We're a non-denominational, Bible-based, spirit-filled church. We're small, but we're growing, and we're really excited, and we're trying to get out and do the work of God in the community. And we need mature Christians to equip people, but we're also doing what Jesus asked us to do, and that is to seek and save the lost. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.